right, so for those who are here in person, good morning. Welcome to you. And uh, I'd like to encourage you to take your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Now, I'm going to be using a set of material today that is not original to me. <laughs> so let's give some credit to whom credit is due. Uh, one uh, pamphlet is uh, entitled, What to Do When Fear Overcomes You. This is by Dr. Jay Adams, who I believe is now in, in glory. If he's not, forgive me for putting you in glory sooner than you should have been. All right, but um, anyway, uh, what do you do when fear overcomes you? But we'll not be in this one today, but uh, you can get that through uh, the Reform Publishing Press. All right, and another one that I will be uh, going through here today is called Overcoming Anxiety, uh, Relief for Worried Pastors. Oh, did I say pastors? For, for, for worried people. All right, I guess pastors are people too. And uh, so this is through the Christian Counseling Education Foundation out of Pennsylvania. But once again, you can get these through uh, a website called New Growth Press. And so in our ministry here at Calvary, uh, we have lots of these different topics. I believe we have around 50 of these different topics of these mini counseling booklets that they put out. And so I'm going to take the opportunity this morning to uh, go through the Word of God and share some insights that uh, David Powelson in this little mini booklet uh, shares with us on overcoming anxiety. Um, so do you ever feel like in life that you have things that cause you concern, maybe you feel like you're juggling, uh, maybe you're spinning 10 plates on a stick and you're trying to keep them all going at the same time, and if uh, you lose your focus, your concentration, that one of them is going to come crashing down and then maybe more than all of those. So um, we can feel many times anxious. And so in our Bibles... Uh, we will be in the book of uh, Philippians today, but at uh, specifically chapter 4, we read uh, in verse 6, um, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So no one escapes anxiety. No one escapes concern. Some of the newer translations say, be anxious for nothing. Uh, translating that word, be careful for nothing. So no one escapes anxiety in the world in which we live. Uh, every single person has moments of anxiety, concern, panic, worry, fear, etc. But you know the wonderful thing about it? is that in the Matthew's Gospel, the Lord says that uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Um, God is watching over and is caring for us. So God has made us and knows all about our thoughts. And um, so... The Word of God is going to be what we use today to help us as we look here at this particular passage to deal with overcoming the anxiety, the, the fear in our lives. 
And uh, verse 8 also gives us something to focus our mind on because many times our minds are preoccupied and we struggle with worry and fear. Um, Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but don't answer too quickly. Would you like to live a life that is free of struggle and anxiety? Most of us are like, yes, we would. But stop and think if anxiety wasn't there, if concern wasn't there, we would be indifferent. We would be calloused. And there wouldn't be concern. So in a positive sense, anxiety is a concern. It's a good thing because it shows that we are connected with life, that we want things to go well. Right? And so that is just a, um, a thought for us. But we would not want to live uh, as an indifferent person in the world. Um, some, of those, uh, some of us who are older... Uh, might remember a football coach who was known for being stoic on the sidelines. The man in the funny hat, Tom Landry. Uh, Many times people said that, you know, he just shows no emotion, there's nothing about him. But the players, when they uh, really got to know Coach Landry, knew that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ and that he loved them and uh, told them that uh, family comes before football and um, so he was not indifferent. He cared for his players, uh, and he even did care about his team, and that's why they were successful for 20 seasons uh, going to the playoffs. All right, um, so really then what we want to look at is anxiety is a God-given capacity for knowing that something is a concern, that something may not be right in our world. We might even think that something bad or evil is taking place. Uh, Maybe it happened in our past. Uh, Maybe it's going on in our present. And definitely, sometimes we worry about the future, right? Um, I think the world is worried right now about what's going on in Ukraine. Um, So there there are reasons and causes for concern in the world in which we live. But I'd like us to take our Bibles for just a moment and let's go over to Psalm 94 and um, read verse 19. Psalm 94, verse 19. Um, Mark, do you mind reading? Or would that be something you'd want to do? No? Okay. Especially on hearing your voice on camera. That would not be, not be good. All right. Psalm 94, uh, verse 19. Let's uh, look here at this particular verse. It says... In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Have you ever found yourself just obsessively thinking about something, picking up panic or worry? Here the psalmist is, he's being very transparent. He is revealing the struggle that is going on inside. God, when uh, all of these problems are happening to me, Okay, my, my thoughts are just consuming me. Then what he says is, thy comforts delight my soul. So he found a way to overcome his concern, his worries, his anxieties, his panic. All right? So this is wonderful. That in the midst of their trouble, we can take refuge 
in God and find help. And so when we're overwhelmed in our thoughts, then let's learn to trust the Lord. And so think of it this way. Uh, let, let's go over to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, and let's find out the heart of the apostle or, if you want, a, a pastor. So 2 Corinthians um, chapter 11 and verse 28, the apostle Paul shares the struggles and the concerns that he had um, and he just is being transparent with the Corinthian believers about the pressures of uh, apostolic ministry. And many times pastors and evangelists and school teachers can feel the pressure of ministry. Second Corinthians 11, uh, verse 28. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Now, that's a very interesting thought. The apostle uh, started perhaps hundreds of churches. We have just a few of their names recorded for us. But uh, if you know anything about the apostle, he was born in the modern-day country of Turkey. And before he really did his uh, three missionary journeys, he spent a lot of time in his own home country evangelizing what we would know as the modern-day region of Cilicia in southern Turkey along the Mediterranean coast. And uh, so he has many pastors that, as an apostle, he's trying to care for. He has many churches that he's trying to care for. And uh, he wrote letters under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to a select few churches to help all of the churches. But the apostle here has a good concern. Um, He's actually going to teach the church in Philippi about concern and what you do with anxiety and concerns. And so the apostle was very concerned in a loving way for the churches that he started and that he's ministering to the pastors and that weighs heavily upon him. And so I think that's the heart of any good pastor uh, concerned for the ministry of the church. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. As a pastor, I have concern for Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, this is a really interesting time of ministry. I, um, next Sunday will mark the 25th year of senior pastor ministry that I've been in the gospel ministry. And I don't think I've ever lived... Uh, in a time where pastoral ministry is such a concern and a burden. COVID is, is really hard on the church, and uh, people still have concerns, and some rightly so. Um, others, maybe it's not COVID, maybe it's finances, maybe it's another health issue, maybe it's uh, children that we're worried about, but fear, anxiety overwhelms us no matter what the thoughts are and so this is an interesting time of ministry but think of it this way anxiety is like the check engine light on the dashboard now i have a 2003 ford expedition and it's got like 234,000 miles on it i'm going to push that thing through maybe to 300,000 all right but right now the thing that drives me nuts about it is the fasten seatbelt light stays on, 
all right, even when the seatbelt is fast. And that's just a sensor in, in the buckle or something like that. It's probably an easy fix, but I see that uh, red light on all the time. Now, when it first came on, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, that's interesting. Um, is my seatbelt that? Oh, it is. Why is that light on? Okay, well, that's not a mechanical issue where the check engine light is on, but sometimes when that check engine light is on, we're like, uh-oh, something's wrong with my vehicle. We don't know what, but we know that we should probably go get it checked out, all right? Easy solution is take it down to one of the auto parts stores, and they have these code readers. Hook it up and find out what the code is, all right? And that way you don't have to pay $180 for a diagnostic fee. Right? Just save you a little bit of money there. But um, then you get that code, you find out what's wrong with the car, then you can take it to your mechanic and he can double check that. And, and then if there's anything wrong, then you get it repaired. But, you know, that puts a little piece in our mind that, okay, this is telling me that something's not right. I need to get it fixed. And so anxiety is like that check life light where we know something's not right. Maybe we don't know exactly what it is, but I can tell you we can go to life's mechanic, the Lord Jesus Christ, and let him check our heart. And um, so what we're going to try to do today is not give us some biblical truisms, but rather God is after a bigger picture. God is after a relationship with you and me. And the blessing of anxiety and panic and worry and fear is this, is that it will drive us to an intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, this is not something that I'm just teaching from the Bible and say, yeah, that's how it should work. I know. Right? Uh, many years ago, um, in a previous ministry, um, I had a panic attack. And I curled up in a ball, and I, I couldn't breathe, all right? And um, what I learned was the Lord loves me. And it was a learning process, but God was so good to walk me through that and give me his grace and show me that he's in charge and all of my things that I was projecting into the future, they didn't come true, all right? And what I needed to learn was to take the smaller step of each day being intimate with Christ and you know what, when that took place, then there was great blessing in my life. And so, anxiety is that warning light that warns you about trouble in the world and trouble in your heart. And so, if we don't, from time to time, feel anxious or worried, well, then maybe we need to check our heart and see if we are calloused and indifferent and have become hardened to what God has done. All right, now there are real reasons to be concerned, all right? Uh, what is humanity's ultimate concern and worry? Death, right? So if you're watching this and you didn't catch the introduction, I was just giving an update about my heart ablation procedure, and uh, it was successful. My heart's back in sinus rhythm, and so praise God for the healing that takes place there. But, you know, I wanted to know everything I could possibly learn about the procedure. And so I spent a lot of time watching medical videos on atrial flutter. And, boy, did I learn everything I wanted to know.
But then I had to stop watching because there were different videos, what the doctors don't tell you. Oh, I want to watch that one. Well, maybe I didn't want to watch that one. (laughs) So you learn about all the potential risks and the side effects and all of that. And after a while, it's just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to check out of here. I can't control the fact that I developed the atrial flutter, and I can't control the fact that it needs to be healed. That's in your hands, and I can't control what's going to happen to me medically. That's in your hands. And so I just went along and let God uh, take control in those things. But I did think about, what if I die? What if I die? Or what if I become disabled? Um, And so those were concerns. Uh, You know, relationships are a concern because they don't last. Uh, We know that David um, was betrayed by his own son. Um, David was betrayed many times. The Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. And so sometimes people change. um, And we lose those relationships and those friendships. And we worry about human relationships. Uh, Another thing that we're concerned about is that we don't have enough money. There's too much month left at the end of our paycheck. (laughs) And we're concerned about that. Um, And so the Lord knows all about these things. so, you know, God is, is really good to us, um, that he knows all of our needs, um, casting all of our concerns on him because he cares for us. I heard a, a funny joke this week. It said, uh, you know, country music is going to change now that there are electric trucks. Pretty soon you're going to hear uh, the country singer saying that his truck left him. <laughs> That's the worst thing that can happen to a, a country singer, Right. Uh, but uh, these new electric trucks that can power your house, you know, you've seen these commercials. Well, it's just going to drive away and he's leaving, right? And so we're, we're concerned about relationships. We're concerned about our health. We're concerned about our finances. Uh, the list could go on and on ad nauseum. But the Lord Jesus has told us that in the world we will have trouble, John sixteen thirty three. So what's the goal today? Is it to try to turn you into someone who's stoic and not, you know, have any emotion? No, that's not it. Is the goal actually to try to prevent things that come into our life so that we won't worry? Well, no, we can't do that. So our goal today is to learn that God is with us and how that he can take care of us and how we can have an intimate relationship with him. And so... What do you do when the check engine light is on? Well, you go in to the auto parts store, get the code, and then if there's a real problem, then you take it to the mechanic. And so what do we do when we have life's problems? Well, we take it to the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, let him handle those things that we cannot. So anxieties reveal our heart. And now in a fallen world... There are two temptations that we have when it comes to anxiety, all right? So when our heart misfires, many times uh, we overreact to a real problem, okay? But we overreact. 
Secondly, we become upset about things that shouldn't trouble us. But this is just a demonstration, it's a, a, a revealing of what is in our heart. Um, you put hot water in a tea mug, and it's just hot water, but you put a tea bag in there, then the hot water draws out the flavor of the tea bag. You put the hot water of trouble, concern, and then you put our heart into that situation, and will worry be pulled out? Will we steep in the cup of worry? And so we need to, to stop and think about this. So if you want to know what makes you anxious, try to fill in the blank at the end of this short sentence. I need blank. I want this. Or I don't want that to happen. Okay? And so maybe it's for someone that you love to have good health. Okay? Maybe you need a job. All right? And these are all legitimate things um, that many times we don't have the ability to prevent them or we can't obtain certain things. So we want to develop a deeper dependence on God, and then we will have God deal with these. Okay? And so it is a revelation of our heart. And so it's a window by which we can see what is going on. All right, now let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 for just a second, and let's look at verse 3. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. All right, here we see a phrase that we typically think of as uh, immoral sin, okay? But it says, Among whom also we had our conversation in time past, the lusts of our flesh, Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of what? The mind. Okay? So the lusts of the flesh don't have to be sexual sin. The lusts of the flesh can be our mental struggles. Right? What we think, these can be our struggles. And so this is a very graphic desire. It's called the lust of our flesh. The Bible uses the phrase much more broadly than the term in which we've kind of narrowed it down to today. And so, do we want to fit into a social situation? How many of you like going to a company party where you just know it's going to be awkward? Right? Uh, going to some place that's new and you're going to be, oh, this is so awkward to make you know conversation. This is you know, so that actually can consume some people, and it becomes a a worry that becomes sinful as they want so much certain things to take place. They want to be accepted, okay? Well, uh, that can drive us to, some people can drive them to anxiety. So what we want to do then is to respond to trouble by faith, all right? Now, what did Jesus promise in John chapter 16, verse 33? In the world you will have trouble. Proverbs put this way, surely as sparks fly upward, man is born for adversity. <laughs> We're going to have troubles, all right? That's um, just a given. But here's the beautiful thing, all right? Instead of following our heart, which can so quickly go astray, we can then turn to the Lord and learn how much that he cares for us. 
and how much that he is really viewing us and that we're in the sight of God. And so we cannot control our own world and allow that to become filled with worry. So God in the Bible has some biblical truth that will give us guidance today. But once again, it's not just trying to give you biblical truisms. Say this prayer, memorize this verse, repeat this verse to yourself. All right. No, God is actually wanting something bigger and deeper, and that is that relationship with you. All right. So um, sometimes we get into that spin cycle um, of anxiety and worry. Um, they can multiply, you know, spontaneously. And, um, but the psalmist says there in Psalm 94, uh, verse 18, that he delights in the comforts of God comfort him. Now, in our text in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, let's get back to that because I asked you to turn there uh, earlier this morning. Um, we read these three verses actually beginning, let's just pick it up in verse 5. Um, it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are... Um, well, I skipped a few, didn't I? Okay. Uh, true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, uh, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and if there's any praise, think on these things. So along with God's command is God's consolation. Here's the beautiful thing you need to know about God. With every command of God, there is a promise of enablement to obey that command. So along with the command is the comfort. So if God says, don't worry, you're going to say, oh, great. I'm not supposed to worry, but oh, All right, well, God gives you some consolations to help you along this way. So first of all, we need to know in verse 5, the Lord is at hand. This is the most beautiful thing that we can know. Um, where can I go from your presence? Can I take the wings in the morning? Can I descend to the lowest part of the earth? Uh, he's there, all right? He has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. God is near at hand. And so this one thought that the Lord is near will be a rock on which we can rest our heart. God is thinking about us. You know, the Bible tells us that even counts the hairs on our head. So some of you may be thinking, wow, pastor, not only did you have a procedure on your heart, you had a procedure on your head, all right? And um, well, let me tell you, I had a friend by the name of Wes Hegsfield, and he was just shiny, bald, you know? And um, he said this, he said, God loves my face so much, he's making room for a second one, all right? And so the Bible says that God is thinking about us that not even a hair that falls off our head that he doesn't know about it because he counts them, right? So what is that trying to say? Well, figuratively, that's trying to tell us that God is thinking about us. So if you're balding, be happy because God's thinking about you, 
All right? God's thinking about pastor. That's a wonderful thought. All right? So, God is always near at hand. And we can count upon that. All right? And so, the Lord, you know, in serious matter, the Lord anguished honestly. What did he do in the garden? Well, he prayed, and as if it were, uh, great drops of uh, sweat like blood were rolling down him, right? That's honest anguish. But what was he doing with his concern? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, there we go. I will do your will. So he entrusted himself to his father because he knew that his father loved him. You know, the Bible says this. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. And uh, I had a mentor <clears throat> in ministry, uh, John Vaughn. I met with him and uh, talked to him about anxiety and, and panic. And uh, this is what he said to me. He said, Brent, you're not perfected in love. You need to know that God loves you. You need to grow in the love of God. Um, and I thought, wow, how did I miss that? All right. He said, you need to know that God loves you. And so the Lord is mindful. And he uh, anguished honestly, and he wants us to anguish honestly by taking things to himself. All right, now, verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4. The Lord is listening. The Lord is listening. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He has the heart of his children in mind. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That his heart is there for us. And so we can tell him anything. We can give him all of our worries, concerns, panics, anxieties, even if they're not sinful, maybe they're just a legitimate concern. We can give them to the Lord because he is listening. He listens to his children. Many of the Psalms start out this way. David said, I would have fainted unless I would see the Lord in the land of the um, and so we can take all of these things. Psalm 28, David tells us that God doesn't hear him. He would die. Now, <clears throat> once again, what is the goal here? Is the goal to remove anxiety from our life or trouble from our life? Well, we're not going to be able to, to do that. All right? uh, God is not promising that our financial problems will be a go away. God is not promising that our cancer will be cured. God is not promising that our children will turn out right. Okay? God is not promising that our spouse won't die. And so, but God does comfort and strengthen us, and he promises never to leave us. And so, when our heart is anxious, we pour our heart out to God in prayer because he's listening. All right, the next thing that we see from Philippians uh, chapter 4 
is that in verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that's a beautiful thing. We can't figure life out. We can't find the solution. And we're not meant to. Because God is in control. This is his world. But the comfort here is this. The Lord is guarding us with his peace. Our soul can be delightful. All right? The peace of God which transcends, passes, all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So the peace of God is guarding and watching over us. That's a theme that runs throughout the entire Bible. If you want to turn to this chapter and look at it later, but in Psalm 121, David uses a phrase seven times in that chapter that God is watching. Well, who's watching? Well, he's the creator of the universe. And so when is he watching us? Well, day and night. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? Um, that the Lord never slumbers. I was uh, talking with Josiah this morning. I said, hey, Josiah, good morning. I said, how'd you sleep? He said, yeah, pretty good. I said, did you wake up to check on yourself? Well, no, I didn't. I said, then you slept really good. <laughs> and, uh, but isn't it nice to know that if we do wake up in the middle of the night to check on ourselves, that God isn't sleeping and that we can... Um, find him at any moment. And so the good shepherd is present. His peace is always present. In Philippians 4.9, the God of peace will be with us. And so when we're anxious, remember that God is guarding us with his peace. All right, so now here comes some concrete solutions. We're going to transition to some practical applications. What is the opposite of this? Well, it's contentment. Contentment uh, is not indifference, okay? Um, but it is the opposite of sinful worry and obsessing. Contentment offers a fundamental stability. This is what the author says. Um, knowing, uh, let's see here, is a fundamental stability that comes from knowing that the all-powerful Lord of the universe is near. He is listening to our cries and guarding us day and night. And so we truly are then equipped, as Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So we can find the strength in life through the Lord. So first of all, practical strategy number one, make your request known to the Lord. Plead with him about your real problems, your real concerns. Go to God in prayer. He wants you to ask um, about anything. But many times we need to ask him for the forgiveness of our lack of faith. Um, Lord, increase our faith. This is something that we need to be praying to him. Um, let's bear our soul to the Lord and let him pick it up. All right? You can say things like, Lord, I don't understand. Um, help me to understand you. Um, Help him to uh, strengthen your belief that he is in control. Give him your desire that you want to control everything. And give that to him that you will not take control of your life, but give that to him. Okay? So use that honest confession 
to the Lord to give you lasting peace. All right, and then we saw uh, Philippians 4.8. When you're spinning so many thoughts in your head and you're trying to juggle so many things, what do you do? How can you change what you think about? Well, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. You know, most of our worries are projections into the future that we can never control and they don't come true. And so worry is full of lies. We believe that the world needs to be under our control. We think that it's out of control, all right? But it's not. It's in God's hands, all right? And so we're trying to control our world, but the truth is it's God's world. I'll tell you how humanistic thinking works. It goes like this. Many years ago, we were uh, in a lease contract with our landlord in the previous ministry that I was at. And um, as we sat down to talk to him, he said, you know, um, and he called me by my first name. He said, you know, Brent, there are three economies in the world. I'm like, three economies in the world? I said, okay, enlighten me. What are you thinking? He said, well, there's the world economy, there's the national economy, and there's my economy. <laughs> and my economy says, I want more money. All right. And so he was thinking really only about himself. That revealed a lot about his heart. Right. And uh, he was concerned that he would get the best possible advantage. And so, you know what? What that did for us as a church, it put us in a pressured situation. But we learned to take it to the Lord and we watched something unfold that he could not believe when he saw it happen. Uh, we didn't sign that lease. We took it to the Lord. We laid it out. And God did something for us that was such a God work that he provided the financing, he provided the use and the zoning permits, and uh, he provided the parking issue. And uh, the landlord's comment when we moved out of his building was, well, someone just gave that building to you. He was thinking on a human level. But I'm going to tell you, someone did give that building to us. It was God, you know? And so we were pressured. We felt concern, but we weren't worried because we knew God had his heart for his church, and he took care of the church. And so uh, go before the Lord honestly and know that he is in control. And don't believe the lies of the devil. This is God's world. Okay, So don't say to yourself, I need more of this. If I had more friends, more money, more time, more respect. Okay, Or if I had a different spouse, a different family, different friends, a different job, a different house, or a different church. These statements are fundamentally false. The author says this, ask God to help you anchor your mind on what is true, and then you'll be able to tackle your real problem the right way. And so the promise is that the peace of God will be with us. And so let's turn over to Matthew chapter 6 and look at verse 34. And here's where we learn contentment. All right, Matthew 6, 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil 
thereof. All right? Don't project your future into your present. You don't control that. And there will be trouble in the future. You already know that. So God wants you to live today. All right? So here's one of the strategies that the author provides for us. He says, imagine two circles. One is six foot, a huge circle. And inside of it is all the problems that are in God's control. But then imagine a really small circle, about six inches. And inside that are the things that God wants us to do today. So in the big circle is, will my kid turn out right? Help. You know, are they going to live for God when they become an adult? Right? That's God's circle. You can't go there. Right? But what can you do? Well, you can go in the small circle that says, I'll fellowship with my kid today. I'll encourage them in the Lord. I'll love them today. Okay? Um, the big circle in life. Right? Will my cancer go away? You can't go in there. That's God's circle. But what can you do today? Well, you can take your concern to the Lord. And so remember that our step of obedience will always be smaller than the problem. All right? Lord, what about my retirement? What about my financial situation right now? Well, small step. Don't go out and waste your money on things you shouldn't be wasting it on if you're concerned because you don't have a job, <laughs> right? So leave the big picture in God's hands, but be a good steward of the small resources that you do have today. And so God is not calling us to solve what is wrong. He's calling us to commit to him all of the things that are wrong, okay? God is calling, what God is calling you to do, the author says, is always less than the bad things that might happen. So just knowing this thought will bring peace and sanity back into your life. Your troubles really do not rest on your own shoulders. Have you heard, like, at Christmas time um, or any other time, this kind of phrase, think globally, act locally? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's maybe a good way to think about worry. Give the big picture to God and concentrate on what you're supposed to do today. Are you in the Word? Have you developed your relationship with the Lord today? Are you managing your relationships? Are you managing your financial resources correctly? Okay. Whatever is troubling you may spiral into an unpleasant emotional experience for you. So your goal then is to face it concretely by taking it to the Lord, knowing that he's near and that he loves and concerns, is concerned about you. Um, you know, one of the best ways physically that you can reduce stress in your life is to go out and take a walk. And this walking for about 15 minutes flushes the body with endorphins that just change the way we feel. And uh, so when I was in that situation many years ago, um, where I had curled up on a ball and I was panicked, uh, one of the things that I learned to do was take a walk every day. And I would go out for about an hour, and for 30 minutes of the walk, I would listen to Scripture. I would listen to the Psalms every day. And for the next 30 minutes on the, on the return trip, 
is I just cry out loud to the Lord and give him every thought, express every sinful desire, uh, every worry and concern, uh, every burden that was on my heart. You know, that was one of the most intimate times in my life with the Lord. And I've shared how um, I was praying one morning uh, for my elderly mother who was in a care facility. And uh, my father was very concerned about that whole situation. And I just said, Lord, you know, my mom has served you her whole life. Would you just take her quickly? And would you let it be on a Sunday morning? Well, that was a Sunday morning. And it was my father's uh, 85th birthday. And um, so I went to church. And at the end of the service, my wife had my phone. And the caller ID said my brother was trying to call. My brother, well, I love him, but... He's getting better at this, by the way. But at that time, he didn't ever call. (laughs) Uh, He calls a lot now. But um, I said, oh, something's wrong. Called him back, and he said, Brent, mom passed away. And as we both cried on the phone, he shared with me, please don't be mad, but I prayed with my pastor on the phone uh, that mom would pass quickly and it would happen on a Sunday. I said, how could I be mad at you? Because I just prayed the same prayer to this morning. And so God was uh, very close to us, and we gave that concern and worry for our mother and even our father to him. And he worked it out in such a beautiful way that uh, you never forget that. That's a wonderful life experience. And so remember, anxiety is that warning light that tells you you need to develop your relationship with the Lord. And so the anxiety is not really the issue. Okay, So dare to believe The Lord's solution is the way. And so God takes good care of you, and it will be constant through all of your very troubles. And then decide what small act of love God wants you today to do. Okay, So there is that um, concern that is legitimate and real, like Paul's concern for the church. Uh, But then there's that sinful anxiety. And Peter says this in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he what? for you. Roll it onto his back. Now, what about medication? Okay. So, several years ago, I did try um, medication. And I found out that that wasn't the solution. Okay. Um, The Lord is the solution. And so, the anxiety sleeping pill that I was given actually made the anxiety worse. If you read the side effects in the pamphlet, it said it could do that. And it made it worse. And so, I went back to the doctor And he said, well, I'll just prescribe something stronger. I said, no, you won't. I'm done with this. I'm going to trust the Lord. And it was that was the solution, right? Now, some people need that for a temporary situation. Maybe it's the lack of sleep. And you do need to get some sleep, right? So it's not sinful, but it's not the solution. And if you're honest with that, every doctor will tell you that it's just alleviating the symptom, all right? So eventually, you're going to have to learn to trust the Lord. And so find a friend, maybe, that you can uh, go to and talk with all these troubles, all right? But don't depend upon medication to heal you. Learn to depend upon God for the real deep-down changes that will fill your soul with peace in the midst of your problems. So God's alternative to worry and obsession is for you to trust Him for all the big things, And then you do the small things that count in God's world. God promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. 
And in closing, I'd like us just to read Romans chapter 5. And I want us to see the, the reality that God will never disappoint us when we do life His way. Romans chapter 5. Um, the first five verses really are filled with hope. But if we look here at verse 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Remember, perfect love casts out all fear. There's no human that can love you perfectly but there is a wonderful Savior who loves us perfectly. And if we realize that and grow into that knowledge, then all of our worry, sinful worry, we can cast it to Him and He'll throw it out and it will not dominate our life. Thank God for the promises of